quit being the world's best kept secret. Your time is now. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Millionaire Woman Show, where we bring you amazing experts who are sharing their expertise to help you live rich from the inside out through principles of life, leadership, and business. Today's my special guest is Odetta Peak, and she has helped thousands of people create successful businesses along with incredible personal lives. She has a proven seven-step strategy that will help you succeed in every area of your life. And how does she know? She used it from going from the bottom to the top. She's built seven-figure business from just an idea and had it all, but something was missing. She had external markers of success, but was dying inside. No matter what she tried to do to fix it, nothing worked. And she was looking more on the outside for more, more money, more clients, more status, instead of looking on the inside for more fulfillment, more peace, and more happiness. And then she suffered a personal crisis that eventually led her down a spiritual breakdown. 30 days after starting her coaching business full-time in 2009, everything fell apart. Her relationship ended, her parents passed away within two months of each other, and she woke up one morning and she couldn't move her arms or hands. She didn't get full function back for a year and a half and her back was against the wall. Getting a job was not an option. She hunkered down and got super focused, hired the best coach, built her business despite crushing circumstances. And I want to welcome Odetta Peak mm -hmm. to the show. Wow. <clears throat> Thank you. Through a lot. Yeah, we know when you read that, I'm like, wow, is that me? Is that, and it brings back memories, right? When you hear your own story, it's a little bit like, ah, wow. <laughs> so you have really had quite a journey. And here we are, like 10 years later. Yeah, well. <laughs> what has been the biggest shift for you? Um, the biggest shift is, and, and it's funny, the shift, um, that I'm still experiencing even today, like even, you know, with the books that I read, I had sort of a profound moment last night um, reading a book um, called uh, Open Heart, Open Mind. And it, I got to, I like to read the end of a book sometimes just to kind of know what it's about. And, and what popped up was trust and letting go. The very things that I've just this last bunch of months, I've been working through a lot of deeper inner work. I've been going to Costa Rica doing a lot of deeper retreats and it's all about trust and letting go. And that really is, is how you come full circle. And, and it's really hard to trust and let go because, right, you hear it all the time. But um, that's been, to me, um, the biggest learning lesson. And it's taken me 52 years to finally get it. <laughs> no. So, um, I mean, you know, people, you know, have heard a little bit about my story there. The problem for me was I wasn't trusting. So I was going after the clients and the money and being harsh and, 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 and being aggressive with life. And there's nothing wrong with being, um, going after life. But when, you, when it comes from a place of fear, anxiety, worry, concern, aggression, that's not healthy because then things start to break down on the inside. You know, your health, your, 
your mental, your spiritualness, all of that. So yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. So <laughs> very cool process. Cause I even know that there's been times that even through my own coaching program, when I was doing my training, they'd always say, trust the process, detach from yeah. the outcome. And I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah. And then yeah, I have to find is that's, that's challenging to do. People keep saying it to me, but it's challenging to do. And it gets easier as you keep working through it, but it's never completely easy. I'll have to say that for sure. Cause that detachment from outcome, I think we want so much control that we feel that we can guide the process and we can't. Right. And I think as long as you're in action, I'm not a believer of people, you know, just sitting around and just hoping for things to work out. I mean, you've got to be in action. If you have a goal and a vision, which, which most people do, but most people aren't really deeply connected to what they truly deeply want. They've got a goal and the goals are, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say superficial, but they're external. And what I'm learning is that our life purpose really here on earth is to come full circle with ourselves. And people think that their purpose and their goal has to be a, to attain certain things, but we've got everything that we need on the inside, right? And the external stuff is just gravy. But when we go after that and we go after it with such a fury and we don't get it, then the, the internal stuff starts to break down. And that's where the trust and letting go has to, has to really play in, in, you know, come into, come into play. And we're not taught to trust and to let go. We're taught to, you got to be safe. You got to be secure. You got to be practical. You've got to go, you know, you've got to have surround yourself and pad yourself up with safety and security. And that gets scary if that gets pulled away from you. And often what happens is a crisis, health, financial, the economy, the, you know, whatever it, it, it does a correction. And that really is an opportunity to really take a look at where you're at in your life. And is it where you really want to be? And is it on the, on, on the path to, to you, to you having that fulfillment? Yeah. And you said one word in there that it tends to trigger me because I'm very much a dreamer, but I realized there's some practicalness that is of benefit. However, I think it holds a lot of people back from really taking the actions that they need to because they feel that they need to be practical, that society definition. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a friend of mine and her son is, you know, wants to be in the NHL. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of friends going, yeah, but he's got to be practical. He needs this. He needs that. And I said, you know, first of all, he's 14 years old. What do you got to lose? If, if there's a time to not be practical, it's when you're 14. And it's like, let him go after it, you know? And, and the mom is like, yeah, but you know, what if he doesn't make it? What if he doesn't make it? So what? At least he's tried. And yeah, but it's one in a million. Well, it's not one in a million. It might be one in, you know, uh, 500,000, but someone is making it to the NHL. Why can't it be that person? Why can't it be exactly. him? And I get a little, I get a little, you know, I flip out a bit when I get, when I hear that kind of thing. It's just like, give the guy a chance. He's 14. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be practical think, when he's 34. <laughs> yeah. And we protect people from that struggle that, and I actually did a video this morning on about creative tension. And when we protect people from that, it's like that caterpillar story that if you go and cut that chrysalis, that it doesn't have the struggle to let its wings really open up and fly. So we're doing a yeah. disservice by protecting people from their struggle. Yeah, absolutely. 
we're helicopter parents nowadays. It's, you know, uh, I, my kids are now 20 and 22 and they, they, they thank me for not being the helicopter parent for saying, you can figure it out. Just, you'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, we, we, you know, we, the protection piece, protection from what, right? You're, you're, you're clipping their wings of resiliency. Yeah. And one of the most important skills that everybody needs. Mm -hmm. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that you had done a TEDx talk and I know yeah. that you help people share their stories and help them become really skilled public speakers. Okay. And I would love to hear about your journey into how you discovered that that was your niche in being mm. a speaker, helping people uncover those stories. That's a great question. You know, um, sometimes you, your niche finds you. And I think that that's really what has happened. So back in 90, I've been a business owner since 1993 and I started a business and it was in mark, um, not marketing, it was in graphics engineering. So not what I'm doing right now, like complete 180. And we were super successful and we started it in a recession. So, and, and the recession here in Canada in the nineties was um, the hardest hit with the real estate market. Right. And they were, that was my target audience. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm 27. I got nothing to lose. I got no money. My husband just gone bankrupt. So, well, you know, <laughs> let's just give it a try. And after, um, it was a, several years later that I realized, how did we build this really successful business, which is still around. I, I've sold it since, but uh, it's an international company. And I built that business going around the Toronto area with my easel because there was no internet back then or for us anyways. Um, doing office presentations, these five minute little jobbies to real estate agents who are super busy and they never have time for you. Getting in and doing these office presentations all over the city, I had five minutes. <clears throat> and so when I, when I sold it and I started coaching, I wanted to teach people how to build businesses. And it was, mark, it was marketing, it was all the money piece, the mindset, it was all like generalized business coaching. And I started to, um, and then I, you know, with my parents passing away two months apart, my relationship ending, um, and then waking up one day, literally unable to move. I was, I had this acute paralysis from the stress. So I couldn't move my upper body and my kids were in grade seven and nine at the time. And I had just moved out of the, out of the house and into my own home, scared out of my mind. And I closed up. I thought I can't let anybody know what's going on for me because they won't hire me as a coach because I'm not strong. I'm not powerful. I'm weak right now. I feel like physically and mentally and everything weak. So I closed myself off from any type of, um, feeling. And that caused me even more damage in the sense that I didn't know I had a spiritual, spiritual side to me. So I started to share my story. I hired a story coach, uh, and a speaker coach for some reason it was just became she was a friend of mine we were in a coaching program i thought oh well, i'll give it a try and i started to share who i was so both the successes that i've had as well as how i what was going on for me and i started to see things change these see things change in my business i was more i was more approachable i was more open my heart started to open and people were starting to come to me rather than me having to go to them if you know what i mean in, in business right it's about being able to attract and i started to um, tested out on myself. And before I knew it, I was like, this is really what has made a difference for me in business is being able to share story. Sharing story is, is thousands of years old. I mean, that's how people communicated. And just so the niche found me. 
And then I realized, well, what is it about story? And it's not just about being able to tell the hero part of the story, it's about being able to tell everything. But being able to tell it in a way that in business, that gets you clients and makes you money and sets you up as the expert, gives you the credibility piece to show people that you are human and to show people that you have experienced the pain and the challenge that they are experiencing. And that's how I came up with the, um, the, soul, the soul story piece. So <clears throat> your soul story, it's the very center of who you are. It's your inner sense of meaning and purpose. And when you follow your soul story, you're following your inner sense, right? That really big vision of what you want for your life. Your life, it just automatically fills with meaning and purpose. And when you share your soul story with somebody else, their life fills with meaning and purpose. And that's the ripple effect because they're going to in turn um, go and inspire and motivate other people, however they do it in their business and in their life. And that's a ripple effect. But it doesn't happen when you don't share all of who you are. But it needs to be done in a way that is, um, that's not having you be a mess on stage. That's having you be able to have a, your marketing message woven into your soul story and a really powerful call to action to get people from where they are to where they want to be. So that's really the, the process. And, and that's how I evolved into the, um, you know, whatever, teaching people how to do soul story. <laughs> so what is it about sharing someone's story that people are quite vulnerable in sharing? I know I was sharing with you before we came on the call that I have a story that I haven't shared in over yeah. 20 years and I recently started sharing it. And I think part of it is I wasn't ready. And part of it was fear, of course, because the fear of looking embarrassed and failure. And, oh, yeah. and uh, it was when I was like 22, 23 years old, when I was two weeks before I finished nursing school, I had working with a team of people and a patient came in and as fast as he came in, he went out and went back to the OR and he ended up passing away. Mm -hmm. But I felt that being part of that team, I had responsibility for that and I thought I failed. And I wasn't even sure I was going to finish my degree at the time, yeah. even though I had two weeks left and I was an honor student. I thought maybe I need to be switching gears. And I buried that for so long. And then someone said, I was doing, working for a company and they said, what is one story that makes you very emotional? And I said, I don't tell that story. And he's mm -hmm. like, it's time that you do. Yeah. And I was like, it was, it was a gift that that opportunity came up and I know for myself um, it was the fear of being judged thinking I was a failure and a, a lot of different things came up for me but I'm curious with the individuals you work with or your um, soul story is what is it that that vulnerability that scares us so much it's like you know if I was to say let's do this podcast naked right? Like that's bearing all. And mm -hmm. right. So the sharing your soul story is like being naked in front of people because you're bearing, bearing it all. And we're taught to be strong. We're taught to tough it out. We're taught to suck it up or whatever it is, you know, as we, as we grow up and <clears throat> there's times that, yeah, you've got to, you got to suck it up. You have the things you got to do to get through something. Um, <clears throat> A lot of, so when I'm talking to people, I'm like, you know, this is your story. This is, you know, let's create your talk. And because I help people actually write their talk and get them on stage. 
is that they're afraid to, they're afraid to, what will people think? What's the biggest fear out there in this world today, in my opinion, is what will people think of me? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's then we you know we've got the fear of rejection and all that stuff. But it's what will people think of me? Even when you post something on social media, not you necessarily, but I, like sometimes I, especially it's something vulnerable. I've been posting a lot of vulnerable stuff um, this last couple of months. And my, before I start, I hit send or submit or whatever it is. I go, what will people think of me? It's an automatic thing. So because then we don't want to look weak, we don't want to look bad, we don't look, look wrong, we don't want someone to say yeah, you're right. You did mess up like with your story. Yeah, that's right. You did because then that's going to trigger. So there'll be triggers. Then it's the, the um, pain of, um, if you're, let's say it's a personal story about family or whatever, well, what will they think of me? I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to embarrass them. So now we take our story and we say, we, we look at the people that are included in that story and all of a sudden make it about them and say, yeah, but if I tell my story, something bad's going to happen to them. What will people think about them? So now you're shouldering the fear of what will people think of me on all the other people in the story. And, and that's not really your responsibility. And, and then there's a way to tell the story that can be really um, elegant because people go, I don't want to tell, especially for sexual abuse as an example, well, I don't want to tell all the, the nitty gritty. Well, we don't want you to tell the nitty gritty. You don't need to. Yes. So when I'm working with people, it's how do you tell the, the, the deepest story inside of, you know, four or five sentences where someone gets you, they're right there with you in that moment. It's like a, a moment in a movie, you know, when the camera zooms right in, that's what yes. you need to do. You zoom right in and then you zoom back out again and your audience gets a real taste for what you experienced, how you felt. And then they embody that same feeling. That's where transformation for an audience happens but it doesn't need to be done in the chronological order of, well, then this happened and then this happened and then that happened. So it's just, how do you beautifully put it together? And then that keeps, I'm not going to say it keeps you safe. It keeps you from a place of feeling really authentic within yourself. Yeah. Cause I've been in the audience of many, you know, and being a speaker myself, you, you sit in the audience and you view presentations very differently all the time. Right. Yeah. And what I find is there's a difference between speaking to impact others so that they would encourage them to share their story mm-hmm. versus using it as a form of therapy for yourself. Although, you know, as we were talking about, you know, sharing your story is healing for yourself, but it has to be told in such a way that it's not therapy for yourself in, mm-hmm. in a sense and making the audience uncomfortable. That's right. So, so when you... Go ahead. I was just going to ask you, how do you, how do you deal with that when you're working with individuals? So I have a program called speak from the soul and sell in six minutes or less. And what it is, it's it's broken down into three areas of your talk. It's how to, what is the story? What are the stories? And I have them go through a process called going through the ages. And I literally have you go year by year of your life. And so the longer you are, the, the older you are, the longer it takes, but it's really beautiful. And what you start to see when you go year by year, you start to see, the, the, the stories, the experiences that I call your soul story moments. And you see them out, you see them on an Excel spreadsheet and, and you, you put an, an emotion to it. It's good, bad, or ugly. And, but you're putting down those, those, um, the memories without judgment. Just write the memory down. So there's no judgment out whether it's, a wor- it's worthwhile or whatever. What you start to see is what's called an emotional theme. What's that theme that's been driving you your entire life? So for me, it's been, I'm just not enough. It's not, I'm not doing enough. I'm not, I'm just not enough. But for me, it's the doing enough. 
which ultimately leads to not, the being enough, right? <clears throat> to not being enough. And I see that as a theme in my life. And even today, when I'm, when I'm hunkering down and getting something done, I go, whoa, where's the beingness in all of what I'm doing right now? So I'm able to stop and really evaluate because I look at my experience. The next part is what is the learning that I've learned? What's the pain, the challenge that I experienced? What's the learning? And I'll call it the marketing message, but what are the learning educational points that you want to be able to tell the audience? <clears throat> and you, I usually break it down into three simple, you know, three things that I learned. Then it's how do you move an audience into action? So, okay, so you've heard my story. You've heard my learning educational points. What can you now do in order to not go down that same path? How you can stop your own whatever snowball down the hill. And you give them action items. You give them whether it's, you know, something to like something for free, a program, or something just to think differently or something to do in the next 24 hours. And what you're doing now is you're creating a container for people to then be able to compartmentalize what they've learned from you and then go implement it in their own life. So the healing aspect, when you're doing the pre-work before the actual talk, think of the talk as you know opening night. You've done all of that dress rehearsal. That's the time to get messy with your story. That's the time to heal from the triggers because you're gonna get triggered. Mm -hmm. And I've had people who, and I say in my program, if you need to go back to therapy, if you need to go back and take your medication or whatever it is that you need to do, because whatever your trauma is, yeah. go and this is the opportunity to really heal from it. And I have had not one person say to me that this was not healing or, or more therapeutic or better than therapy because they're actually doing something with the pain that they experienced. Mm -hmm. And it's so healing for you. So there's nothing wrong with getting on stage and getting a little choked up or getting a little emotional, mm -hmm. but then you need to... And it's not like you need to be in control of it. I just want to use different languages that the audience is not there to take care of you. You're there to help heal the audience. So you got to make sure that you've healed and done the work. Um, and I work with people so deeply with, uh, with their story and then how to share it. And I, I, there's, there's times I've had clients who, who have the most beautiful story, but they are so scared to tell it. So that's where the coaching and the accountability comes into play. Is what do you want for your life? Right? If you want to get past this and you want to build your business or be a motivational speaker or whatever it is, then you've got to go through that journey. So it's, it's a beautiful experience. It really is. Sounds very powerful. Yeah. So I'm going to switch gears just for a moment. So if we're thinking of a CEO in the boardroom, male or female, mm -hmm. what purpose does story have in business? Well, like everything it has, you know, I mean, so there's a thing called story, story brand marketing, a story marketing. Um, when you take a look at any company nowadays, whether it's Nike or, or Tim Hortons or, or whatever, it's all story based. And that is what, that's what makes the company more human. So if a CEO, someone who's a higher power, power position, there is nothing more amazing for their employees or their managers or whoever's, you know, underneath them, shall we say, to hear and to feel that they're human because there's this, there's this superiority and subordination that happens a lot in corporations where there's, I'm, you know, the employees and then there's the, the higher ups. And if the higher ups don't um, share who they are and it doesn't have to be the sob story, the, the trauma story, right? Then the employees, there's less engagement, there's less productivity, there's, there's, there's a separation, there's a gap between the two. A lot of the successful CEOs that are approachable, that are relatable, 
are more successful in their role, but more, I'll say, liked by their, by their employees. And therefore, there's higher engagement, there's higher productivity, there's less absenteeism, there's less um, aspiring, less, less leaving, all of that stuff. And so when a CEO is able to be relatable and say, look, I've been where you are, I get it, I get you, <clears throat> then all of a sudden there becomes this, a, a closer knit bond. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And you, you're a CEO, you, didn't, you weren't born a CEO. You had to go through the ranks. <laughs> so it's about being compassionate and still staying, staying in that empathetic state. So when there's a story, um, for instance, if they've, um, the personal story is the tougher one, is that do you really need to share the personal story piece uh, to its entirety that you would, at, it, uh, the way I teach my entrepreneurs to speak, but you can still, still, still tell snippets of your story that get people to go, he or she gets me, they get it. Mm -hmm. And then that's all you really need to do. Without saying uh, TMI, that was too much information. That's right. I mean, you don't. I mean, let's just talk divorce as an example. I mean, if a CEO has been divorced or they're struggling, it's, there's no harm in saying, you know what? Just, you know what? I got to tell you right now, you know, I know what the divorce is like. I know that's it. Having a one to one as an example, I totally get the divorce, totally get where you're at. I've been there, done that. But here's what I know is that blah, 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 maybe some learning points. Here's how I survived. You might be, uh, might, might be able to as well. Yeah. And then it makes it, it's all about the relevancy, right? Making people relatable to that leader. Relatable is, is the key piece is that is, is also trust. There's, there's an automatic thing about the boss and the staff, right? There's that, you know, I think that's from experience back in the day, but I think nowadays you can still, you can close the gap. Doesn't mean you have to be super duper personal, but it's about letting the, your staff or your employees or, 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 or the, whatever you you know, your other managers know that you are open to having conversation, that you're open to knowing about who they are as people, because that's the other thing. You're one person when you go to work, you're another person when you go home. Mm -hmm. And it'll, it, it, it just, um, what's the word? It's that personability. Is that the word I was looking for? There's a personability as we're all human beings, all going through the same stuff and ending up in the same place, which is death we might as well just be a little bit more open and helping someone else's journey um, just a little smoother. Yeah. It's very interesting because um, my daughter had an experience yesterday with one of her profs and it was mental health day and he was sharing some yeah. of his own struggles and she got really emotional because she had this person that she envisioned having no struggles, has it all. Yeah. You know, she's 20 years oh, yeah. old. So she's like, mom, how could this be? because he's just like you and we yeah. tend to put people on such high pedestals and thinking that they're not touchable or they have no struggles when we all have them because that's what builds all of our character well yeah exactly i mean it's you know when when we it's like little kids put their parents on a pedestal right? Or, or they, they don't see them as human until there's always that moment. And whatever that moment is, it's, oh my God, my parents are just, they're not invincible. They're right. We have that moment. And that's the same with just like what your daughter's experiencing. And that's, that's a great moment that she realized. And I think when you go into the corporations, into the, you know, into, into that type of environment, there's that separation. 
It's almost like the have and the have nots, right? right. <laughs> and the haves, they want to, you know, back in the day, they wanted to have that separation. They wanted to keep themselves on a pedestal because it's too vulnerable to share. And they felt that it was important to show them that they, like when I was going through my, um, prior to sharing my stories, like I didn't want anyone to know the real me because they wouldn't like me or respect me. But people like and respect me more knowing that I'm, I've experienced all sorts of crap. <laughs> yeah. And how, how do you help people? What is it, the pro, what kind of process do you take people through to help them unload those fears that they're carrying with them from taking any action? So with the, with speaking, if they, if they come to me and they want to be a speaker and I say, great, the first thing we're going to teach is number one is, um, what is your story? Like I said, I, I in the speak from the soul, um, that journey goes no matter where you are in, in, um, in your journey as a, as a business owner, or, or, uh, I have a lot of people that are in corporate is what is your story? You need to know what your story is first before you can share it. So get to know who you are first. And the best way is, is that system that I have going through the ages, you go through your whole life and you actually, it's like watching your life on a, on a movie and you go, wow, I didn't realize that what my mom or dad said to me when I was five years old, that crushed me. I'm still holding on to that. And now it's this, it, then you'll be able, you're able to look at that and go, it's really funny because what happened when I was five in my five-year-old brain, I'm now 45. It, it the, the sting it, it, you know, it, it goes away. Or if the sting is still there, you're then able to heal it because we spend years taking a story in a moment when we were whatever five and it, and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. And we realize that we've built relationships and business and, and our health and wellness is based on that feeling or moment that happened when we were five. So the problem is just bigger. So that is the first place that I start with everybody is getting to know who you are from the inside out. And then you're able to diffuse and heal the wound because there's a lot of people who've had some trauma. So if you've been physically or mentally or emotionally abused as a kid, <clears throat> it's how do you go through that process to untangle that so that you still feel that you learn to feel whole and complete. Cause that's ultimately what we want in this world is just to feel whole and complete. And then finally um, it's the forgiveness piece. There is a book that I read that was absolutely changed my life and it's called Radical Forgiveness by Colin Tipping. And it's how to radically forgive is totally different than the con conventional forgiving. The forgiveness of what happened with the people that caused you, you the trauma and the drama, but then it also comes down to self-forgiveness mm -hmm. because how often do we blame ourselves for where we are and the crap that's happened in our life? We need to self-forgive. And that's when we can really uh, start the healing process and then embark on what we need to do in this world, whatever that looks like in our career, business, or whatever. That's very interesting. I'm going to have to get a hold of that book now. <laughs> two yes. Books, two books, the one you started with and the, the one you just mentioned. Yes. So what is one book that has profoundly changed your life, speaking of books? The one book that stands out for you above anything? Um, well, I, I talked about the, the radical forgiveness, Colin Tipping. So that's one then that opened up a whole lot of space for me to read other like books. And the other one that was super, super powerful is by David Hawkins. And it's not the power of force or whatever it's called. Um, it's the power of what's it called now? The, the power of letting go. And so it's David Hawkins. I believe it's called the power of letting go. It's the yellow and white book. 
I, I bought that book and it's like this thick and I'm like, oh my God, am I going to read this? Because everyone's like the power versus force, which I really struggled to get through. But this one just, it just hit home. The first 25 pages, if you can get through the first 25 pages, it will change your life. And then the book is just glorious um, because it really talks about letting go. And, you know, I was on a call yesterday with somebody in, in, a, in a program I'm in and I'm, I was typing in my questions like, yeah, just some struggling with some letting go. And she said, okay, you're holding on to a pencil. What do you need to let go? Or how do you, how do you let go of the pencil? You, you just let go. And intellectually, you just go, yeah, I get it. But then how do you do that? And that's literally what you do. You just, you let go. So, um, yeah, so I recommend that book to really learn how to let go. <laughs> it's this thick. <laughs> and I've read it twice. <laughs> Awesome. And I, and I find that we do need to read books more than once. I know I have a li library collection and it's where you are in that moment Yeah. that, oh. you know, you read it three years later, you're not the same person. So you're going to pick up something different. Oh, absolutely. Like it's, you know, Eckhart Tolle and there's Untethered Soul, The Surrender Experiment. I mean, there's so many of these books. I should start a book club. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that might be the next adventure. Yes. So we're almost at the end of the interview, but I wanted to ask you, what does living rich from the inside out mean to you? You know, it's, uh, that is a beautiful question, especially for where I'm at right now. Living rich on the inside, from the inside out is to know that we have everything that we need inside of us. We have a spark. And the, it's a, in the book that I'm reading right now, um, Open Mind or Open Heart or Open Heart, Open Mind, um, it's about essence love and, and boundless love. And it starts with our spark. We all have a spark inside of us. And the external world, the external fears, this, you know, society, everything, our, our, our should-haves, it dims the spark. But you take a look at yourself as a little kid. Like if you do the process of going through the ages, where you got excited as a little kid, we had that spark. We're just born with the spark. And it starts to dim. And we need to revive that spark. And if you were to strip everything away from you, whether you know your, your house, your money, your cars, your whatever those external markings of success or safety and security, you've got everything it takes to rebuild. You've seen it, we've seen it time and time again with the economy shutting down and people having to rebuild, is that no matter where you're at in your life, you have everything that you need and never forget that. And that's where the trust piece comes into play is that you have to trust your own spark. That's very powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. How can people stay in touch with you, Odetta? Yeah, that's awesome. So my website is odettepeak.com or odettepeak.com, uh, www.odettepeak.com. And I have a lot of great stuff on my website. You can contact me and, uh, you know, if, if it's appropriate, we can jump on the phone and have a conversation. But a lot of great things. I've got my TEDx talk, which is about community, which is a really, it's actually going through uh, the whole life of, uh, of community from birth to death um, and the need, about, need, need for belonging. Um, a lot of great free stuff and as well an opportunity to see if you do want to be a speaker, you do want to share your soul story and you want to get out there in a bigger way. Um, some great programs and products for you as well as an opportunity, like I said, to have a conversation. Thank you. Thank you so much for this fabulous interview. 
And for all of you listening or watching on YouTube, thank you for joining us. I'm Deborah Kozowski, your host, and again, thank you, Odetta. So we would love for you to go over to iTunes, give us a five-star high, high five rating, and yeah. send us some feedback on the interview. You can email me or send Odetta an email through her website. And we always like to learn the nuggets that stood out for you, knowing that we're making an impact and making sure that we are serving you in a big way. Az Muhammad Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And on behalf of Odetta and myself, go out and have a fabulous day. Bye. Bye.